Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shireko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shireko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. I'm Susan Shireko. Theories about education are always evolving, and Dan Tugut has written Delta U, The Change Starts With You, as a way to teach 17 to 25-year-olds how to adult. Um, it's, it's easy to see that there is a change that takes place in life and that our children don't always understand what that is. They need a little guidance, and that's what he's been developing over time. So let Let's let him explain. Please wave your hands to welcome Dan Tugut. Hello, Dan. Welcome. Hi, Susan. Thank you for having me today. I'm delighted to have you today. Dan, did you always want to be a teacher? Um, absolutely not. Um, it was actually something that kind of um, evolved over time. Um, I actually started uh, off my journey uh, trying to become a physician or a scientific researcher. I, I had uh, uh, experience when I was a teenager when my mom had, had cancer and uh, I saw medical sciences basically save my mother's life and that pushed me in that direction. And uh, after about uh, seven or eight years of uh, pursuing medicine and completing my MCATs and uh, going through um, some time as a scientific researcher, um, I kind of realized that that wasn't, wasn't the path for me and I, I wasn't... Uh, really happy in that realm. And uh, even though that there was great work to be done there, I didn't think that that was my work. And uh, my attention started to shift uh, towards really helping, helping students transition into um, the next stage of life. I saw um, lots of kids when I was a graduate student at, at the University of Saskatchewan here in Canada um, that were having a really hard time transitioning into university. And and remembered how difficult my transition was. And um, I wanted to kind of go grassroots and go back into um, um, into high schools and, and help people be prepared for that transition. And that's where I find myself today is working with grade 12 and first year university students. So um, it's been kind of a crazy journey, but it's been 12 years now as a teacher. So, but that was not the uh-huh. initial tension for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, what did you discover was the greatest challenge for students and they, as they start or are going through this transition? Um, I think it's, uh, it's just realizing that um, there is, there's, there's so many um, barriers in the way that you're, you're just, you're completely not aware of it. And you're, you're not even really aware of, of, of really who you are. Um, identity is such a, a big part of, our ability to achieve our goals and, and understanding what what our limitations are and what our um, what our potential where our potential exists and I think that that's uh, um, we, we just we just see other people being successful and we think it's just going to come easy and it it, do, it doesn't <laughs> um, it, it really it really it really doesn't come easy so I mean um, I think a lot of people that, uh, kind of in today's society just assume that things are are, are going to be handed to them. And I think that that I can put myself in that category too, coming, 
coming out of high school where I didn't really know how to work yet. Um, and I, I think there's lots of, lots of room for identity development and for um, personal growth. And I think we need to really focus on, on that with our, with our young adolescents and, and developing them into to strong and capable people but that can exceed in any environment. So, or excel in any environment is what I meant to say. Yeah, it sounds to me as if there's a lot of questioning that has to go on. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> Are there a particular type of question that that helps move people forward? Um, well, I think that it's... Uh, hmm. That's a that's a challenging question to answer in, in itself. Um, <laughs> there, um, well, I would I would come back to to that discussion there of um, like what is it that um, you you really want, right? Like um, you'll you'll stand in front of a, a teenager and they'll say, well, I want to be a physician, or, or I want to be a lawyer, or I want to be um, a politician, and it's like, well, why? And mm-hmm. their answer usually isn't very enlightening. <laughs> right? like it's, their answer to that question is, is not usually a great one. It's like, well, because I want, I want the paycheck. Well, it's like, well, do you even really know what a lawyer does? Right? Like, do you even really know what a physician does? Like, what, what does the day in the life of that person actually look like? And is that something that you want? Right? Like, do you want to have a family and does that career or that path align with where you, what you want to do? Like what, what, what's the, what's the purpose, right? Like why, why are you pursuing that? And, and the answer most teenagers will have is, is, is very simple. And it's like, well, that's what my dad does or, well, that's what will pay me the most money and give me the lifestyle I want. But no one asks whether they're, pursuing something that's going to make them happy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I think that I, I probably could have been a, a pretty good position, but um, is that what would have made me happy? I, I don't think so. Um, so I have to kind of suffice with that as the decisions I've made at this point. But, um, you know, like you have to kind of come to terms with some, some big questions and, and, uh, and make sure that you have an answer. And it, it sounds like um, something that's repetitive of other personal development people, but like, what's your principal focus or what's everybody says, what's your why, but I like to call it your principal focus where you can actually like, <laughs> what do you want your faith to look like? What do you want your fitness to look like? What do you want your family life to look like? Right. What do you want? What do you want your financial future future to look like? And can you find something that gives you all of those? Right. Like, mm-hmm. can, can you, what, mm-hmm. what, what's fulfilling for you? What, what makes you, what makes you smile? What, like we need to, we need to ask those questions and not just like, Oh, well, what career are you interested in? Well, that's, that's a pretty hard question for, for a 17 year old dancer because most of them don't have any idea what other people do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's, it's interesting because you know, I, I work as a, a transformational life and business coach and mm-hmm. we, we do start with, you know, what do you want to do? What's your passion? Yeah. What's your purpose and why, yeah. why do you have that? And then there is this uh, realization that you, 
you can't fill in the detail very well when you first start. Right. Uh, you don't know what the day would be like. What are the activities of the day? Um, how do you get, you know, how do you get work? How do you mm-hmm. get clients? How do you, you know, it's, there are so many details to fill in uh, along mm-hmm. the way. How do you approach that yeah. with the students? Um, I think uh, an interesting approach that I take with them is that uh, um, I do an exercise where we do actually discuss what all these, all these people do. And then a project that I've had students do before in the past is actually, and it's something I discussed in the book DLTU as well, um, is, okay, well, let's, you, you want to do this. Okay, well, let's say I want to um, qualify for the Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so right now I, I'm like two hours too slow. I'm not saying for myself, but I'm just using an example, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I'm like two hours off the qualifying time. All right, okay. so I want to run two hours faster in the marathon. Okay, well, what does that look like? So how can I break that down? So what are, what are three things that need to happen? Okay, so, mm-hmm. um, and then you take those three steps and break them down into three smaller steps. And then take those three steps and break them down into three smaller steps. So coming back to the example I, I drew off of with like becoming a doctor, I mean, you'll ask a high school student and be like, well, I want to be um, a surgeon. And they're like, well, do you know what an MCAT is? No. Well, then you haven't done your research. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right? Like you, you don't know what you're getting into then. So like, do you know what residency is? Do you know what, what it takes to become a specialist? Um, do you know that this is all competitive? Um, do you know that you need a degree before you can even apply? And when you get that degree, you need to get a fantastic average, right? Like, what, what are the things you need to do on the steps mm-hmm. towards that goal? So let's identify some steps. And then when you clear one of those steps, then you can say, wow, I'm closer to my goal. And that's something to celebrate right is i've actually accomplished Mm -hmm. i'm not a doctor yet or i'm not i haven't qualified for the boston marathon yet but wow i'm 20 minutes faster now or or wow my my stride cadence is so much better than it used to be like what are you working on right like what's what's the next step what's the next like you need to you need to set up the dominoes in the right way like we need to focus on the experimental design (laughs) Not yes, so much yes, on, yes. right? It's, like, that's, it's, it's so accurate in terms of we, you know, when we do a little mastermind scenario in which we look at what we call needle movers and their actions yep. we can take right now that will mm-hmm. move us a step further along our goal. Not, you know, in 10 years, I'm going to be in, uh, that may be the big goal. I'm going to be in medical school and I'm at, we're in my surgeon's reg- residency. Yeah. We know that, but as you say, how do you get there? You've got to back it up to something you can do right now to start moving. So we call them needle movers right. in the sense that they're tight. They're not, no one else would probably notice that they were steps toward a goal, but you know, they are, and that makes all the difference. Right. So like a, an example I use in the book is like, well, what do you need to do in the first week of, of university? You need to open your textbooks, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, that would that, be a good that's point. That's step one. <laughs> right? Like if, if you get to, you're like, oh, I didn't do well on my first midterms. Well, have you read your textbooks? <laughs> like, 
like you missed the domino, like you missed the step here. <laughs> like you it, need to it get to class. <laughs> you have you, to show yeah. up for class. Yeah. You have to show and, up. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's you a really do. big difference between showing up and showing up as well. <laughs> right. Like it's not like, you don't, not just in body with your cell phone in front of you, but like present be, be with. <laughs> yes. Right. Like yes. be, be there with them and and actually be present and that's that's something that we um a lot of people are are not doing a great job of right now as well and i mean teaching high school students and it's not always the easiest thing to do but i mean you you do your best to keep people engaged but it's it's extremely challenging sometimes to um, get the attention of people who have so many outlets of instant gratification right like Mm -hmm. so cell phones provide us with so much dopamine it's it's insane <laughs> right like it's, yes it yeah, is. even, I mean, even it's for too myself much it's hard to put my phone down mm-hmm. yeah sure, too much distraction sure. yeah yeah and yeah. my i know my husband is uh, for someone who did not get a cell phone for years certainly not a smartphone mm-hmm. one of the greatest discoveries was that facebook existed and he right. can easily <laughs> spend hours on Facebook because he loves the interaction. He loves the arguments. For him, that's you know that's fun to do that. Right. So it is. Uh, th- that's a big distraction from what else one might do. And when you're trying to build something, that takes that much time away from what you have available to actually accomplish it. Right. So I can so, see and, why and you're the, challenged. And the point I often bring up with my my students too is like, well, if you're, if you're sitting around on your phone for three, four, five hours every night, like how much of your talent and potential are you actually unleashing? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. none, right? Like, <laughs> like how, how are how are you living a fulfilling life? And I, I feel the same way with myself where it's like, wow, I just spent seven hours playing video games and, and I've, been playing a lot less video games since I started writing um, and I wouldn't have a book that I kept playing the way I was before but um, mm-hmm. it's uh, um, there has to be like you have to uncover that innate drive right like there's I think that there's really like we all want to be someone and to be something like we all want to serve others we want I don't know if everybody wants a legacy per se but we all we all want to live a meaningful fulfilling life I think, right? Or mm-hmm. well, I writing agree. a self-help book is, is, is not a really great move on my part. If I, I don't believe that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I really want to assist my readers in, in, in realizing and fulfilling their talent and potential. And I don't, I don't think that we really do a great job of, of making sure that people come um, into the world excited and being great critical thinkers and and being able to evaluate everything that that they're doing and there there has to be another way and you know it, it's it's really challenging in a school classroom with 30 people in front of you it, it is yes it, it's, yes it's an incredibly hard job to 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 out like to help students unleash their internal potential right like that that's a really hard thing to do with 30 people in a room um and I, I mean, you try your best, but you don't hit everybody every time. And if you hit one, that's a win, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, so, Well, you've been doing this I mean, in the classroom without a textbook. 
Um, I, I do it in my own way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, mm-hmm. that is actually where, where Delta U came from. The, the book actually came from that. Um, was uh, I, I really started diving into the personal development world. And, and then I realized that uh, um, a lot of what I was learning in that personal development world aligned perfectly with what I was teaching in my classroom. So it's like, well, you learn that um, your beliefs dictate your thoughts, which, dic- which dictate your emotions, right? Which then dictates your actions, which determine your results. That's a yes. uh, David Byer quote, right? Mm-hmm. Core, like core uh, cybernetics, right? Like is that's that's mm-hmm. that's the core of of psychocybernetics. So that is in itself. I, I was sitting in my classroom and I was like, okay, well, Newton's first law says that for every act, or sorry, um, an object in motion stays in motion unless it's acted on by an external force, and an object at rest stays at rest unless it has acted on by an external force. Okay, well, that's the same thing as the actions determine your results, which determine your beliefs, which determine your thoughts, which determine your emotions, and that just keeps cycling around. And that is in itself inertia, right? So, yes. mm-hmm. um, so I, I started seeing all these parallels between the laws of nature and um, and what I was reading in self help books, and I I tried to like write something that says, Hey, you know what? This isn't just people saying stuff in books. Like this is how nature works. This is the laws of physics, (laughs) right? Like this is, this is the way that cells function. This is the way that um, we, we actually like, we know as scientists that this is the way things work. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not just like in random circumstances, it's, it's everything. And the kind of, I think that some people have a hard time reading self-help because it seems a little hand-washy sometimes, or a little hand-wavy. Um, I even remember myself like 15, 20 years ago, I would, I would, I would see a, a Tony Robbins um, infomercial at one in the morning and be like, ah, that's not for me, right? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and now I wrote a book that quotes Tony Robbins. So, you yeah, know, like you, <laughs> you, you, you come along your way, um, but uh uh, I didn't really realize how important those lessons are uh, until I started seeing how true they really were. Right. right? And, and then when you I started seeing how they, and then I needed to show it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really what I did with my book was I tried in every way possible to show those parallels. Um, now, did you start so, it as a book or did it go through another format first? It did actually start, uh, it was an ebook first, but I mean, it, it was, um, it became little lesson plans um, mm-hmm. that, that were in my classroom. And then uh, I, I would be sitting in my class teaching a lesson and I'd be like, hey, this is just like this. And then I would just <laughs> verbalize that. I would verbalize that to my class because I'd have this like realization. And then I would go home and mm-hmm. just write it. And oh, great. then I would just go home and write it or make a little brief note and then allow that thought to grow and develop. Right. So. um, And when did you decide you were ready to publish it? Um, that's, (laughs) that's, that's a great question. Um, you yourself as a writer, like how, how do you decide when your book's done? Yeah. Um, (laughs) that's, that's, 
that's a really big decision. And uh, I think I said it's done us about five or six times. Um, and uh, I think I said it's done five or six more times after I started the publishing process. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that's uh, the, the line where I said it's done is where it felt like a story. Ah, right. Okay. Like it's, it's a, it's a non-fiction book, but it also like now I, I feel like I got it to a point where it rolls like a linear story. Yes. Right. Okay. It, it's not, yep. it's not just like the way it was organized, like chapter 12 became chapter six, which became chapter nine, which became chapter eight. And <laughs> I needed to figure out the sequence of how to make it a story. And when mm-hmm. it felt like a story, it felt like it was done. Did you like work I, with I an editor? Uh, not during that part, no. Um, that was I, I did have someone do. I, I had a cold read done, and a, uh, who, which was done by an editor. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I got some feedback from it, and some things to include, like it, all the chapters have uh, questions at the end of them to help the reader do some reflection because that's important. It wasn't there on all the chapters before and it is now because that was something the cold reader suggested. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, because then it, it, uh, that's a pretty common thing in, in the self-help world. And I think it was actually an appropriate recommendation. Um, But uh, yeah, no, that, that, the really big thing was I I wanted this to flow almost like a course or almost like a story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it, it really does that now. So like I, and when I'm teaching my classes, I, I try to make sure that they, they flow in the right sequence. Like you don't want to, you don't want to teach something that's foundational for something else after. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like you, you want it to, to be in the right front. sequence. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a. I found it interesting when I did my book, I, I had reached that point where I was done. It was time and I was sending it off to the publisher and had asked mm-hmm. for an editor, and the editor came back with notes about things that, you know, I had used a lot of flashback, and he said, no, don't use a lot of flashback. Readers can't follow it when you do that. So I needed mm-hmm. to find how to tell that material without using that device. And right. then I was using secondary sources uh, for certain things, and he's, he, and I was talking about quantum consciousness. And and the and the editor said, you must find a primary source, not don't mm-hmm. quote the secondary source. So I had to go out and find someone and study his material for an extent. It took me well over six months to make the changes that the editor had suggested. So when you talk about yeah. being finished and not being yeah. finished, it really resonates with yeah. me. <laughs> But it was worth it. I think the book was much better for having done that work of looking Absolutely. at how you can improve it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I had a really a interesting. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You I, had I was just going to say I had a really an interesting experience when I was uh, doing my MSc thesis, actually. Um, so I, I have my master's in, uh, in protein biochemistry. And when I was writing my, uh, my thesis, I, uh, you always had to hand it in to your supervisors for them to kind of go through it and assess it. And I had waited several weeks for my supervisor to go through it. And then he came back to me and he said, 
Dan, do you have any idea how many adverbs are in your thesis? And I'm like, why would I know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's an obscure question. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it's like, I don't remember what the exact number was, but it was 900 and something. And he's like, they all need to go. Right. Uh-huh. And he's like, we're not, we're not here to write descriptive work. Right. Like this is science. It needs to be like direct. So like, what's, what's the, what's, what's your audience and what are you trying to do? Are you trying to like sell them on something or are you trying to give them information? And I think writing this book, it was really nice that I didn't get that feedback afterwards, like remove all the adverts. Um, but uh, um, it was a, uh, it was a really interesting experience as a writer to say, okay, well, what's, what's the, perp- what, like, who's my audience here? What am I actually writing for? And does right. it what, why did I use or- that adverb? Yeah. Right. And does it actually yeah. help? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that seems like a really minor thing to mention, but it is actually a really important question. And it when is. you start getting into writing a big book, like Delta U is not a short, it's not a, like a pocketbook. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's mm-hmm. a book, right? Like it's, it's not something that you're going to uh, read in one sitting that's like 80 pages. It's, it's a, it's a substantial book. It's not like a Tony Robbins tome. Um, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a read, right? So, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, if you have, if I were to take out all the descriptive words, maybe it might be a thousand words or 2000 words shorter, but right. I had to go through and decide which ones were, were necessary and important. And that was all part of my editing process. Um, so, and, and to be honest, I, I, I did lean into um, some forms that were available to me and I, I used Grammarly and, and things like that to make sure that my writing was was correct. And some of the corrections that, that those programs offered me, I declined because I'm like, well, that doesn't say what I wanted to say now. So, you mm-hmm, know, like that's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. But um, mm-hmm. that was part of my editing process before it actually got out was to to go through that as well, which was really helpful for me learning even how to write better for myself. Surely. So, that is, I think that's uh, more, more writers should make use of editorial assistance because it yeah. does improve and it, and people take their work more seriously if they've gone to that extra step. <clears throat> so what's yeah. been the response to your book? Um, as far as like reviews or what would you like to begin to Or exactly? just what people, what kind of comments have you received? You know, reviews would count, but also the students who use the books. Um, well, it, it's still really new. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the book has only been out for a couple months now. Um, I, I think a couple months might even be excessive. It's probably more like six or seven weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of massive feedback at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Because, it, I mean, most people I would expect this to be, I mean, if you read 10 pages a day, it might take you a month to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, that, that's pretty much the time period <laughs> how long it's been out. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, I have had some really, some really interesting uh, comments from uh, actually a couple of people that have read it uh, cover to cover already were, were former students of mine who found the classes really beneficial and, and came back to this and, and were saying like, wow, this is really helping me see what I need to do through a different light. Um, mm-hmm. So like, uh, and even just people um, who are feeling a little bit lost right now and seeing the topics of my book and being like, you know what, this is what I need right now. I need something like this. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's great. Yeah, that, that's and then as soon as you get one feedback like, "Wow, this has really helped me see my life through a different light," and I'm so excited now. It's like, "Wow!" <laughs> right, <laughs> that, and I hope you're all saving all of those. Yes, keep Absolutely. track of those statements because those are the things you put in your testimonials and you put, you know, you yeah. when when you're trying to sell the book, those comments mean a great deal. So, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic to see that. Yeah. Where is it available? It, as far as it is available on Amazon. Um mm-hmm. I do have it in a um a few stores here in Canada, but uh not nationwide yet. Um, mostly mm-hmm. just locally, but it is available on all the Amazon outlets. And if you just search my name, Dan Tugood, um, you'll find it or just write Delta U, D L T uh, A and then the letter U. Uh, you'll you'll mm-hmm. find it there. Um, so also I have uh if you're having a hard time uh finding it on there, I have my own personal webpage which says a little bit more um, about myself and about the book and kind of its purpose and um, and that's uh, my my website is dan dot or sorry my email is dan dot good but my website is dan um, dot com so super easy thing to to find there if you can spell my name properly and it's just dan good dot com and and there's links to purchase the book there too um, mm-hmm. I was I was really fortunate during the uh, the ebook launch period that I, I had some pretty good distribution and, and was able to get uh, some number one spots in self-help on, on Amazon in Canada and, and in the United States as well. So that was excellent. Was, was pretty exciting and also in science education because it does fall into both categories. So that was mm-hmm. a, a really exciting time. What did so. you, what did you do during the uh, ebook launch period? Well, I'm sorry, what did I do? I say, what did you do? I mean, what kind of tasks did you do for the, the ebook launch? Um, there was uh, uh, nationwide press releases in the United States, and mm-hmm. then there was uh, um, online uh, platforms and affiliates that were affiliated with my publisher that they um, helped to, to distribute the book out and, and get kind of get the word out there. So um, I, did, I did do... Uh, a free ebook launch that is a promotion period on Amazon as well to to kind of get distribution up, and then mm-hmm. also did a sale period where it was available for a dollar ninety nine. So, um, as an ebook, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, being smart about pricing and about um, the locations that it was going out into. So, excellent. Okay. Some pretty cool so, opportunities. So, yes. Do, do you have a message you want students to know to take away from the book? From the book, mm-hmm. um, like overall, mm-hmm. um, I really think that uh, you could just give me a moment to kind of coordinate my thoughts here. Um, well, if I if I could answer your question just a little bit differently, for mm-hmm. uh, it it is directed at at, at students. I, I would say that's the primary audience audience. Um, but one one of the things that actually really, I, I really wasn't intending it to be that at first, but I think that's where it, where it kind of fell, um, mm-hmm. was in that audience. But it is not specific to that group, so I don't I don't want to make that mistake of making it seem that way here. Um, but uh, that that is definitely where it seems to have fallen. Um, but uh, for for everybody, um, independent of your age, I, th- I think that a really cool question or thing that you can take away from from this book is. Um, is to ask yourself, what if you haven't peaked yet? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. 
like your your best is probably unrealized, right? And your potential is far beyond the limits of, of your current belief, right? Um, mm-hmm. The question really is like, what are you willing to change and to bring your vision uh, for your future into reality, right? Like that's that's the, the kind of kind of the really big thing, right? Like um, I, I want people to to come come away with this and 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 have the opportunity to live life with purpose and on purpose, right? Like that. Yes, that is a wonderful question because it yeah, applies to all ages, absolutely all right. ages. What if you because you ta- you have reached plateaus in your life where you think you're sort of done, yeah, and it's over. Yeah. And to say no, maybe you. That's why you're still here. You haven't peaked yet. <laughs> yeah, there's more to you know, do. And that's that's one of the things that I, I talk about in my book is I, I was a competitive track athlete when I was in high school, and um there was lots of great experiences from that. And I had some wonderful coaching. I, I had such a, a, a marvelous coach that always pushed us to uh, the fundamentals. And he actually kind of like, he always tried to make sure that we were, our goal was always high performance. It wasn't just to like exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like it, it was, it was to excel. Um, mm-hmm. And how, how do you get to excellence? Well, you focus on fundamentals. Right. Like you, you focus on all the little things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that was the building blocks. Like um, it's like, okay, well, what are my strengths in this situation? Okay. I don't have a big finishing kick in the race. Okay. So I have to start sooner than everybody else <laughs> or mm-hmm. everybody's going to mm-hmm. pass me at the end. Right. Like uh, there, there has to be some key realizations about what are, what are your skills and how can you apply those things? And I think that that's, that's a fantastic lesson for, for anybody is, is what are you, like, what's your fundamental, what do you draw back to? Um, is it your faith, right? Like, um, is it, is it some kind of like spiritual thing or, or is it a little morning routine that you do? Like what's, what's your foundation? Is there a foundation to your life? And if there isn't, how can you find one? Um, mm-hmm. so that you have something to ground you. Right. Um, for mm-hmm. me personally, like I, I, I rely a lot on my faith and um, also on it's, it's hard for me because I'm really bad at keeping a calendar and, and with being scheduled. And it's something that people bug me for because I'm have a tendency of being late from time to time or some would say always. Um, but uh, I arrive exactly when I mean to. That's, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like it's it's you need to really focus on, on having an intention. Like, are, are, are you living your life intentionally? Um, and, and is that, is that drawn off of some foundation? Like when you build a super tall building, how does it get really tall? Well, you, you dig a really deep hole first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to, you have to go deep down first so that you can go way up. And if you want to mm-hmm. go way up, you got to dig deep down into yourself and figure out what are your demons <laughs> what's stopping you and and push those things out of the way and that's that's part of um what i try to get into in delta u but but in a in a really unique way that always comes back to science um can you do it with mentorship can you do it with um 
with uh, like taking really strong, immediate, massive action, or can you just play the long game like you're investing, or like what do you, what do you, what's the right way for you? Um, so there's lots of different approaches, and I think that that's really exciting is because um, there's so many different approaches offered in the book that I think that it gives a lot of people an opportunity to find something. Yes. Right. It's yes. it's not the Fantastic. it's not the same con- it's not mm-hmm. the same concept over and over again. It's it's 13 or 14 different concepts that all offer something, and there should be something for everybody in there, no matter what your age or or uh, your profession or your gender or what have you. Right. So. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Dan, that you, you've really given some thought for us to chew on about our goals and how we think our way through to achieve them and the, the process we go through. So that's immensely helpful, especially to the youngsters, but even for the oldsters for trying to figure out how to get out <laughs> of the rut, out of the rut they've mm-hmm. got themselves into. Well, listeners... Mm-hmm. We've been speaking with Dan Tugut about Delta U, The Change Starts in You, which is available on Amazon and a number of other places, but best know he also on his uh, website, which is dantugut.com, correct? That is, yeah, that is correct. That's it? Okay, great. All right, well, thank you again, Dan. Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate your time. This is a wonderful experience. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Well, that's it for us, folks. Bye for now, and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.